Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us in pursuit of the great answers to questions about life and immortality as Jesus presented them to us in his famous gospel about the kingdom of God. I'm sure you realize that the American public is well known for its desire to set goals, to establish objectives, and to work out strategies for making those plans a reality. Well, the Bible is a book above all books for setting goals and establishing objectives. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all the other things, the necessities of life, will be added to you. Paul spoke about those who earnestly seek for immortality by patient continuance in well-doing. Those, he said, who continue to do well are seeking for glory and honor and immortality. And the result of that quest will be that God will grant them the life of the age to come. Somewhat inaccurately translated in our Bibles as eternal life, actually the life of the future kingdom of God. Now, Jesus and Paul had exactly the same objective in mind. Paul was the accredited representative of Jesus and spoke for Jesus after the Lord Messiah had been taken to the right hand of the Father. And so Paul, as the delegate of Jesus, spoke of seeking for immortality. Jesus spoke about seeking the kingdom of God. Those two things are alternative ways of speaking of exactly the same goal and objective. Now, the Bible is the handbook and training manual for those who see the point of life's quest for immortality. Anyone, therefore, who is interested in his own destiny, in obtaining immortality, of living forever, must be interested in what the Bible has to say. If you don't find Scripture a compelling book to read, it may be that you have not been shown what it offers to you. But once you realize that Jesus, as God's representative, invites you to share eternity with him in the coming kingdom of God on this earth, invites you, in fact, to share rulership of the coming age of the government of God or kingdom of God on this earth, you may find yourself galvanized into activity. What, after all, demands our attention more than our ultimate destiny. What tragedy could compare with that of ignoring the potential that we've been given by God the Creator? In fact, God is in the business of producing immortal sons. Jesus, if you like, as God's representative, was in the immortality business. I don't mean, of course, that he had anything to sell, but he was in the business of teaching people the way to life forever. Paul the Apostle was likewise driven by his desire to share with all whom he met the secrets of living forever. Now, the scheme offered by Jesus, the program, if you like, offered by Jesus for the gaining of immortality is essentially simple. Jesus likened the salvation process to a rebirth. In a well-known conversation with a leading religious leader of his day, Jesus said the following thing, Truly I tell you, unless somebody is born anew, born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, of course, is the objective shared by both Jesus and those religious leaders with whom he spoke. You may want to refer to that conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, 
a religious official of the day, you'll find it in John chapter 3 and verse 3. Two verses later, Jesus said this, Truly I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so it's obvious that a rebirth must take place if one is going to achieve the goal for which human beings were created, namely to enter the kingdom of God. What then does it mean to be born of the Spirit, to be born again? How does one achieve this rebirth, this beginning of life all over again? All the writers of the New Testament harmonize in their understanding of this essential rebirth process. In Titus chapter 3 verse 5, Paul said that we are to be saved through the washing of regeneration or rebirth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, renewing, of course, points to a new mind, the renewing of our whole thinking process, a brand new orientation to a new horizon in our pursuit of immortality. But you may say rightly, this talk about being born again and renewing the mind is much too vague. Can we be more specific then in our pursuit of the essential rebirth process which grants immortality to us as our objective? Let's have a look at the contribution to this discussion made by the brother of Jesus himself in James 1 verse 18. James says this, By his own will God brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. James chapter 1 verse 18. Did you notice there another clue to the salvation process? The agent of the rebirth, the tool of the rebirth process, says James, is the word of truth. But again, it might be objected, this is all too vague. What is meant by the word of truth, or indeed by the Holy Spirit? In James 1.21, two verses later, James again spoke of the implanted word. He urged us to receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save us. So a word, a message, has to be planted in us if we are to undergo the rebirth experience which leads us to our final destiny in the kingdom of God. But there is more information to be gathered in order for us to understand the detail of the essential born-again process. We turn now to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Peter, you know, the apostle, was a leading spokesman for Jesus. Here's what he has to say on this same topic. You have been born anew, Peter said, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and abiding word of God. Now, I think you'll notice that a new element has entered the discussion at this point. We'd already heard about the word of truth in James. We'd heard about the Spirit of God and the rebirth process in John, Jesus' words in John 3. But now we hear about an imperishable, or as we might translate it, immortal seed, incorruptible seed, which has to be planted in us for rebirth to take place. You've been born again, said Peter, in First Peter 1.23, not through mortal seed, 
but incorruptible, immortal seed through the living and abiding Word of God. And two verses later, Peter gives us an essential clue as we track down this all-important issue of rebirth. In 1 Peter 1.25, Peter said this, The word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word or message which was preached to you as the gospel. So now yet another element enters the discussion. Not only have we learned from James about the word of truth, from Jesus in John's Gospel about the new birth under the Spirit. From Peter now we learn that the Gospel is the seed which must be implanted in us if the new birth experience is to take place. But we're not yet at the end of our quest. What then is that Gospel? What is that essential seed which must take root in our hearts if we're to gain the Kingdom of God in the future? Now remember here that we're looking for the secrets of life forever. We're in search of the key to immortality, the key that unlocks our human potential and makes us candidates for eternity, for immortality. We've talked about seed and word, truth and spirit. We've been examining those passages which speak of rebirth, common to all the apostles, is this leading idea that a rebirth must take place in our hearts if we are to move towards our chosen destiny, the kingdom of God. Paul spoke of a washing of rebirth through the Holy Spirit in Titus. James in 1.18 speaks of being born again, reproduced, if you like, by the word of truth. Peter speaks of the gospel as being incorruptible seed to be planted in our hearts. Now, the key to all of this talk about rebirth and regeneration lies in an often neglected passage at the heart of the teaching of Jesus himself. Jesus, you see, is the great instigator, the great proponent of immortality and rebirth in view of the coming kingdom. The problem with much Bible study is that Jesus is not viewed as a teacher. He's viewed only as somebody who died on a cross and rose from the dead. Now, that part of the life of Jesus, of course, is absolutely essential. But Jesus did more than die and rise again. It really is most misleading to suggest that Jesus came to do three days' work, to die and to be buried and to rise again. Jesus came, in fact, as the great teacher, the great proponent, the great exponent of immortality. And the keys to immortality lie in the words of Jesus, as we shall see. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19, Jesus said this, When anyone hears the word or message or gospel about the kingdom of God and doesn't understand it, the devil comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Did you notice there the connection between seed and the gospel of the kingdom? Do you remember that Peter in 1 Peter 1, 23 and 25 spoke of incorruptible seed which must take root in our hearts? Well, here Jesus speaks on exactly the same topic. 
but he defines what that seed is quite precisely. It's called the message, the information, the knowledge about the kingdom of God. There's the essential seed which must find a lodging place in our minds if we are to embark upon the road that leads to eternity, to immortality in the future kingdom of God. I think you will see then that the salvation program offered to us so graciously by God through Jesus is likened to the reproductive system in the human biological field. God, in other words, is seen in the Bible as reproducing himself, as sowing the seed of immortality, as fathering his own children, as begetting them by his word of truth, by the gospel of the kingdom. The implanting of the seed or the word or the gospel in the heart of the convert initiates the salvation process. Now, the devil is fully aware of this program and so tries to obstruct the entrance of that seed into the human mind. Luke 8.12 says that the devil is there to snatch away the seed or the word of God, the word of the kingdom, Matthew 13.19, so that the potential convert may not embark upon the journey that leads successfully to immortality in the future kingdom of God. We have a book we'd like to offer you for your own personal Bible study at home. We go into this issue of the gospel, the kingdom of God, the teaching of Jesus as it relates to our destiny as heirs of the kingdom of God in the future. We invite you to call us for that free book at the telephone number to be given in a few moments. You may want to request from us a copy of the tape that you've been listening to. We'd be happy to send that to you also. Meanwhile, join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.